Thank you for tuning in to the Rose Metal Podcast hosted by Emily Watson. In this podcast, we talk about the transition out of sports and any struggles athletes may have faced during sports or afterwards. Rose Metal's mission is to provide resources and support for current and former athletes. In this episode with Riley, we will be talking about transferring schools, her ACL injury, placing worth on your sport, and finding a job. Riley Bayless plays softball in the Athletes Unlimited Professional Softball League. She started out at the junior college NEO in Miami, Oklahoma. Is it Miami or Miami? I don't know. It's Miami. (laughs) And um, can you tell us what NEO stands for? Northeastern Oklahoma A&M College. (laughs) And then she transferred to Oklahoma State to finish out her college career. Um, she is currently a coach for the UMKC Ruse softball team. In her free time, she enjoys CrossFit, playing with her four large dogs, being outside, and learning about astrology, crystals, and rocks. Uh, she enjoys being around animals and hanging out with her family. In this podcast, we'll, we will be talking about transferring schools, her ACL injury, and placing words on your sport and finding a job. So thanks for being on this podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. So we're just going to jump right into it. So all right. what was your experience like as a junior college transfer to a Power 5 school? Um, it was definitely bittersweet. Like, um, I went in, you know, obviously as a young athlete wanting to be a D1 softball player, and then things kind of changed, and it was like the end of the world, but then it was the best time of my life and then I didn't want to leave. And so it was kind of hard, like understanding, okay, now I have to go and do other things. And so, but at the same time, it was a dream come true to go to a power five division one softball program. So like I said, it was definitely like a bittersweet when I got there, you know, it's like things just kept on rolling. So just kind of, transitioned well when I got to Oklahoma State Um, obviously it was a lot bigger the game was speeded up a little bit more but you know after a couple of weeks it just felt like I was playing ball again and you were supposed to go D1 in the first place so it's not like it's like you were always definitely good enough to go power five yeah well I was actually supposed to go to UMKC, which is where I'm coaching at now. So it was um, like they were in the WAC conference when I was supposed to go there. Um, And things just didn't end up working out. So it seemed like the end of the world at the time. But it was honestly the best thing that like ever happened to me was uh, having to go JUCO and then to the Power Five. And you weren't the only one in at your school to go D1 also. You guys were really good, um, and you guys ended up – did you guys win the whole national? Uh, my first year we got runner-up, and then my second year we ended up fifth. But, like, yeah, we were we were really a talented group of girls, and, like, it was – it was like a dream almost it felt like it didn't it doesn't feel real when I talk about it to people (laughs) yeah and that's awesome and that's like that's just what I talk about when people are like oh I don't really want to go JUCO and I'm like well I know people who have made it have made it. it it actually happens people talk about it but no it actually happens 
Um, so then after you got to OSU, you had an ACL tear. So what was your experience like with that? Um, again, it seemed like, you know, my world was over. Like it was the end of the world. I was, I didn't really know my options. I was only five games into my senior year, but when it happened, I'm like, oh my God, like, this is it. Like I've played five games and that's the last of my softball career. And um once I obviously calmed down (laughs) I um they were telling me about a medical red shirt and I'm like absolutely I want to do that even though like it was still heartbreaking at the time because um the senior class I was with they were my girls like I loved them and like it just sucked knowing that I wasn't going to be able to take the field with them again but again it was one of the best things that's happened to me, it was a blessing in disguise. I set out, learned about how to take care of my body really well. Um, just, it was just a step back from playing too and being able to see things uh, from a different viewpoint really helped me uh, catapult me into my redshirt senior year and just to really take in and enjoy and like just not take the game so seriously and my last year there was just everything I wanted it to be we ended up going to the world series um it was again like magical I got goosebumps right now just talking about it because it was just so great and just something I'm just so blessed and happy I have you know something to talk about and remember yeah I remember thinking it was almost like awesome for you that you got to stay another year to go to the world series (laughs) i know (laughs) i know that's like the blessing in disguise part almost like uh, my career would have ended at freaking arkansas losing against wichita state and i wanted to pull my hair out then so um again just being a getting to be a part of that journey in 2019 was just a ride and it was so much fun yeah. Um, on to the next subject. So we've kind of talked about placing worth on your sport. So in what ways have you placed your worth on your sport? <laughs> um, well, I just always remember like in school, we would always take these like career tests of like, oh, like what what are you most likely to be when you grow up and stuff like that? And every time my number one would be a pro athlete. And so... <laughs> I really like held on to that and I'm like yeah I'm gonna play softball for the rest of my life and I never like from day one I never even thought about like oh do I want to be a doctor do I want to be a vet like you know I had interest but like I never pursued them because I was just so wrapped in to my sport and like perfecting my craft and it was it was quite a shock when, you know, it was over. Um, I realized I'm like, Oh my God, I just wrapped my entire identity into a softball player. And I was never really taught what life after sports was going to be like. And, you know, you know, people would kind of talk about it and they'd be like, Oh, we're preparing you to be, you know, a fully functioning member of society. And I, definitely didn't feel like that it was more of like I felt like I was at ground zero like I'm like what am I who am I over yeah 
so it's kind of scary <laughs> yeah now that I think about it when I've always done those uh career tests I like always wanted it to come up with something that like I would be like oh awesome but it it would almost <laughs> always tell me like you don't know what you want just try again yes. Yes. <laughs> how it always was for me yeah i think it still would do that keep trying yeah try again another time yeah like thanks yeah yeah um so you graduated with your associate's degree from neo in general education your bachelor's from osu is university studies and your master's is in leisure studies so do you feel like you would have done a different degree if you weren't a student athlete um well i hope so what does that even mean when, I, when you said that out loud <laughs> I studied the university. Um, <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? You know, I I just know that it's it's a degree from Oklahoma State. Oh my! Um, it means that I played softball. At I completed. Yeah, I completed the amount of credits I needed to complete to get. <laughs> well, you also have to have like enough credits towards a certain like um, major in order to be eligible to play and yep. I don't know about I don't know about you but that's exactly how it was for Shannon there was like this is the one major that yes you, that you have to choose or else <laughs> or else <laughs> yeah. that's exactly it because it was like oh you're gonna have to start over as a freshman if you want to do this and I'm like well I'm only gonna be here for two years but little did I know I was there for like almost five and so I yeah I definitely think I would have Again, I hope I would have done things differently. Um, I don't know what I would have been. Um, you know, you talked about nutrition. I feel like maybe you would have done that. Yeah, so I was I was really into nutrition and food and just trying to learn more about the food they give us here in the United States because it seems to be making us all sick. Um And so I wanted to be putting the right things in my body and like what makes my body work the best when it comes to food. So I was really into that type of stuff. Um, uh, And then I was also really into like first responders and all of that kind of stuff. So like an EMT or like a firefighter. Don't know if I'd want to be a police officer, but... (laughs) Definitely it just seems like you have like interests in different things and you just don't know because like I don't know about you but it feels like you have to kind of like try different things and who has time to like try all these <laughs> things after college yeah it's like time money <laughs> school yeah, exactly like, all of that kind of stuff takes into account and so it's just like oh my god what did I do for my freaking four years or five years at school and I'm like oh no I played softball so exactly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can relate with that. Um, so with that, what has your experience been like with finding a job after graduation? Oh, well, I, there's a lot of anxiety when it comes to searching for jobs for me anyway. Um, a lot of anxiety with the whole interview 
process and you know trying to figure out what are the right things to say like what do I even wear like I had an interview at a gym and I'm like do I need to dress up for my interview at a gym or like (laughs) wear gym clothes (laughs) to show like yes I'm athletic (laughs) (laughs) so it's like these like little inner like wars I have going on in my head of like oh my god what do I what do I even do like because I mean my whole life my parents told me uh, as long as you're involved in sports you don't have to get a job over the summer and so yeah <laughs> I like literally 25 26 was like my first serious or maybe 24 I don't know was like my first serious go at like trying to find a job and I mean I guess I did well because I got jobs and stuff but nothing really filled that void of being an athlete so like I'm just like God. It just felt like I was searching for something to fill that void, and it's hard because <laughs> nothing really does fill that void. And um, I've gotten recently gotten back into coaching, and I mean, it's you're on the field, and it's the closest thing, but you're still behind the white lines, and it's you know, it's it's like you're teaching these girls the mistakes you made as a player for them to like enjoy it and catapult them to enjoy it even more yeah and it's like what you come to realize is like oh my gosh they're never gonna realize this until they're in our shoes and like that's what I was told like you know your time here goes fast and like you're like yeah I guess so but then like now you're done playing you're like holy cow yeah you gotta (laughs) be done for after graduation and um for context for people listening um Riley graduated like stopped playing college ball in like was it 2019 yeah and you just tried out for AU and made it uh this summer yes (laughs) yes yes I actually watched her tryout it was really awesome so (laughs) um in San Diego so um yeah grad life after graduation like it's like hard like I spent all of my summers training like you yeah and both, we both have played professional softball we have gotten to that level of of play and that doesn't take like taking summers off that's mm, no constant work and um a lot of work and putting that work into softball like yes it's definitely worth it like it's so great that we've gotten to that level but um just finding a job as a former athlete, like it's a lot harder than you would think. Yeah. And like, the thing is like being pro and softball is nothing like being pro. Obviously I will say like in a male sport, like um, we're in season, but we're worrying about jobs after we're done whereas you know they're planning their next vacation so yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah like we make something doesn't money. seem right there like we make like pretty okay money for two months and then we have to find something else to do for the rest of the year yeah and then train if you want to keep doing that like it's yeah it's like you're it's almost like being a college athlete but times 10 because it's real life stuff like yeah. you're out of school like you you're on your own you're trying to find a job but you still want to play yeah it's definitely one of the hardest things I 
I'm still kind of struggling with it. Like, um, I just feel like maybe if there was like some sort of like career fair, career fair for athletes, maybe that would help. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, or just even like, I feel like there should be like a position on the coaching staff specifically for life after sports. Yeah. Or like some type of program where, I don't know, like where you have to go like twice a week and sit down and talk about things and prepare you and practice, you know, interviews or, you know, what types of questions to ask and just what to prepare for. Cause I definitely did not feel prepared and that's not calling anybody out but it's just it's just what it was right exactly yeah I I definitely didn't feel prepared either um (laughs) I I mean I just kind of finished up doing softball like a year ago so I'm still kind of in the middle of it and I'm I get it yeah um so moving on what was one of your favorite moments while competing oh goodness Honestly, again, like I go back to that 2019 year and let's see, I started at OSU 2017, I believe. And just knowing, you know, we were not the best in the big 12. We were not, I think like each year we were almost finished second to last in the big 12 standing And, like, you know, we put our trust in, like, Coach G and each other. And we – I felt like we really – that was the start of turning our program around to be a World Series caliber team. Um, And so just, honestly, that journey. Like, I could talk on and on about the World Series, but honestly what I remember most is, uh, you know, that summer, the fall, everything – that we prepared for and how we prepared for it. Like I've never been a part of a team like that 2019 team. Like, you know, we always, you know, have some issues and stuff, but we did not let it affect what we did for three hours at practice or at a game or on a bus ride. Like we really enjoyed each other, enjoyed the journey and we, we made it far. We made it, further than anybody thought we were going to like we we I remember we all said at the beginning of the year like oh if we make it to the world series we're all gonna get matching tattoos not thinking (laughs) (laughs) that that was like a serious thing and then we made it to the world series and here we all are in Oklahoma City Ubering to this sketchy tattoo place (laughs) and (laughs) and this is like behind our coaches backs and we had like our some type of meeting that night so we're like going to the tattoo parlor getting our tattoos getting back in the uber and then trying to make it back in time for this meeting and so like just I mean it was magical it was something I'll remember for the rest of my life and everybody on that team we're still we're still close like if we see each other it's like we pick up like we've never left off and I just the the moments, the friendships that that team had was just, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. It takes more than just one moment to get to the world series. And, you know, we weren't the, we weren't the most talented group. We just found ways to get it done. And I think that's what's so awesome. You know, like look at your, you expect 
Yeah, I would say anyone that's playing NCAA D1 softball is most likely really good. Um, it just depends <laughs> on it depends on how well you your teammates and you mesh and like it's leadership and and having that goal. If you look at Oklahoma softball, they destroy and it does not surprise me that they all have this like one common goal and they sisters and it's like every team that makes it the world series you'll see how happy they are to be with each other oh yeah like it was it was weird because you know you get sent to a regional or super regional and like yeah you want to expect to like make it out and everything but and like I don't know like like we were used to our season ending in May and so when we made it to June and it was almost like oh my god like regardless of what happens this week it's gonna end like there's no more softball after this week and like it was it was like relaxing in a way and so being able to relax and play makes sense and it kind of works (laughs) yeah um if you can get your mindset to think that way, you'll be pretty well off, but it's hard. And (laughs) I don't know how to explain that, but it was a weird feeling being like, Oh, after this game, there's literally no more softball. Like this is it. Like seniors, this is literally it. Like (laughs) we're running, we're running out of time. Easier said than done, but just have fun. Yes. Oh my God, please. Uh, Did you guys get the tattoos before a game? So, like, you get there, like, maybe a week before the game start, and since we were so close, maybe we were there, like, half a week, I don't know, but, yeah, it was before game one of World Series. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's tattoo heal okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so mine was, like, actually one of my teammates' handwriting, so I love my little tattoo, and I remember my one hit in postseason it was a double off of OU and when I got to second base you know me I went absolutely berserk (laughs) and I was like pointing at my tattoo and the NCAA like (laughs) like put like a little video meme out there and they were like FTG and that was like what we got tatted and I'm like how did they know (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, uh, sorry for being ignorant but what does FTG mean it means for the girls. That was like one of our, it was like our sayings. And it's funny because um, one of her name's Elise and um, she's one of my best friends and she has these two cats at home and she calls them the girls and oh. she would always say for the girls. And so we're like, oh my gosh, let's, let's use no way. team saying. And so it was like for the girls what? and like they, they still use it to this day That's at Oklahoma what State. FTG means. Yes. <laughs> Two little cats. <laughs> no way. Am I allowed to expose this? Yes. <laughs> like, because we'd always laugh at her because she was like, girls, get over here. And like, I think it's some, some secret. <laughs> Yeah, you think it would have like a deeper meaning, but it's literally like Elise's two cats. What? <laughs> People would always like talk to me or ask me like, "What the hell does FTG mean?" And I'm like, I literally have no clue. <laughs> Here I am, years later. Oh my god! Yeah, so everybody knows it's for the girls. 
It's for the girls. For the girls. Come here, kitties. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Okay. All right. We have to move on to the next subject. We're going to be giggling the rest of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So your transition out of college sports is a little bit different than pro you're you're doing that now but what was your transition out of college sports like for you and what did you do in your newfound free time uh well I feel like at first I definitely crawled into a box in a very dark room and just <laughs> taped it shut <laughs> and just sat in there and like the maybe poked going- some holes to see what's going on but like I felt like I was at a standstill and I'm like what do I do now like what am I even good at like (laughs) I had no idea and so um I was a graduate assistant at OSU for the 2020 and once quarantine hit it honestly when quarantine happened it was something that I really needed personally so like as much as like it affected the world in a negative sense it really helped me because again I packed up my things I came home I really focused on my health and fitness like half the country at that time I was doing all these like fitness tests and like uh challenges and stuff like that and I I got into really good shape and a really good state of mind during that time because as much as I felt at a standstill the world was at a standstill so it's like okay we're standing still together and so it was comforting in a weird way (laughs) um and then you know once things started getting better uh I tried a nine-to-five job at the gym trying to be like a little average Joe type person uh absolutely did not like it at all um so then I started doing lessons uh you know I like working with little girls especially little girls who want to be great like I kind of feel a sense of myself when these girls are so excited about the sport and they want to be great and all this kind of stuff so uh giving back has really helped me like I mentioned I think that you know I was really into first responders and like being able to give back to the community to other people have really has really kind of helped me because I know how much people sacrifice for me as a player and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, well, my time's done. Now let me put myself into someone else or something else. And so doing that has kind of, you know, helped me fill the void a little bit. But it's still like there's nothing that beats hitting a freaking double and going crazy at second base for your team. Yeah. But, um, you know, you just got to find different ways to – get excited about something or something like that um well you say to go pro yes yeah i I always forget about that (laughs) like i'm 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 back in the game and so like i don't like i don't know if it's i mean it's obviously a, a positive thing but at the same time it's still i want to be an athlete like i still want to be playing softball and like i'm so so excited and so blessed that I got to go to this tryout and make the tryout and then experience the pro life because it's everything I've ever ever wanted and um and I just love that process of like working for something and it's given me life it's given me 
a purpose, but it's like, how long am I going to be able to do this? And am I going to start back at where I was when I left Oklahoma state? So it's kind of like this teeter, what is it? A teeter tot or (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just feel like I'm teetering kind of, and I'm trying to stay level-headed and keep my future self in mind while I'm still trying to compete at a high level, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, So really we still don't know the answers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There, there is no answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So if you can narrow it down, what transition out of sports was the hardest for you and what advice can you give athletes on what you learned from that? Uh, the hardest part, hmm. the hardest part for me was my self-identity and waking up. This sounds so depressing, but it re- it's, it's how it was. Like I was in a very dark spot, like in the 2020, like I've never been so low and it was just, it was bad. Like it was really bad. And it was waking up every day and just knowing I wasn't working towards anything. I was looking at myself in the mirror and I had no idea who I was looking at. And it was, it was terrifying. Yeah. So that's as little as it sounds. That's, that was my hardest part was who am I? Like, what am I doing? And I'm like, is there like, what else is there for me almost? And it sounds so silly because it's all over a freaking game, like a game. It's a legit game. It's supposed to be, you know, fun and everything. But like, I mean, it's, it was our profession. It was everything. We put everything into it. Well, it's true. Like I remember thinking in college, like, oh, I have my next four years planned for me. Like it's totally (laughs) like worry about anything. Like um, every year I'd be like, oh, I'm so excited for, going to this tournament excited to do this and I'm excited for that and then like once you're done with college it's like there's no set like plan there's no anything for the next year and I used to take life like a year at a time kind of (laughs) and it's like that what what is this without my sport you know yes it's like what is this all for yeah and and it's like literally and this, again, this has no shot at any university, any coach or anything, but it's just like you just got dropped off and it's like you got fired from a job you've been doing since you were five. And you're like, well, what the hell do I do now? Like, and like, of course, like they're always in your corner. Like I could pick up the phone and call coach D today and he'd be like, what's up, Rye? Like, what, what do you need? Like always. Yeah. Like we have relationships for the rest of our lives and that's again that's what I love about OSU and they preach that but at the same time you're still on your own and you still got to figure it out yourself and that's that's the challenging part and um advice I would give to somebody (laughs) is you know you can sit you can sit and what how do I say this like, you can sit in the box, but you can't stay in there forever. Um, yeah. And, like, the sooner you can get out, the better. Because it's hard. It's hard. But, like, you've got to keep going no matter, you know, how dark, how hard it gets. Like, you've got to find ways and people to help you pick yourself up. And, you know, it's okay to get help from other people. Like, I, 
I, I would not freaking be here today if it wasn't for the people in my life. And, you know, I went to therapy. I went to, I talked to my parents, like I'm, I'm moving back in with my parents. So it's like, it's still, I'm, it's, I'm still working out of my box. Like it's, it's been, I don't even know how many, what, how many, 2019, 2020, like three to four years now. And I'm still trying to find the light, you know, and my advice is just to keep going and find your people and don't be afraid to get help because I needed help. I still need help. Also, relate with anything that we're talking about, you're not alone. Uh, Yes. Like, I know that I relate with a lot of things that you're saying, Riley, and I know that we're not the only ones. Yes. And like, you know, social media today, it's, it's what it is. It's great. All that kind of stuff. But like, people use it as a mask. I know I use it as a mask because I want people to think that I am sophisticated and well on my own and I got it well not really that I I definitely admit that I don't have it all figured out but like you know people take your social media into account like oh yeah they're doing great like look at them but like behind the scenes like no I'm not doing great and so like it like that's I don't know like it's just there's so many people out there that like I can that can relate to me that can relate to us and like it's just like I really think like they just you've got to reach out and you've got to get help and you've got to find your people because it's going to be so much harder on your own and that's what I tried to do and that's that's my advice don't do that (laughs) yeah yeah Have, have someone to turn to and um yeah we're we actually Rose Metal has a a mentorship program so If you feel like you need like a friend to talk to, that's like someone that's like, not like your mom or anyone Mm. look into the mentorship program that people are like signing up, volunteering to talk to you. If you're listening and you want someone to talk to get a mentor. That's awesome. Do you have anything else to add? No, this was so much fun. And like, you know, if I hope this gets out to more people because you could be on this podcast too. And it's so refreshing to look back and talk about the great times and to also know that there's going to be more great times in your future. And, you know, you just got to pick yourself up and, you know, keep that athlete in you for however long you want. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to get rid of that person because it's a lot of who you are today. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If you, worked hard to get to a really high level in your sport you can work hard to get exactly to your career or anything else so you have you have all the tools exactly it's just how to uh apply them yes (laughs) well thank you so much for being on this podcast i really enjoyed having you on here no this was a blast this is so much fun and all for all for all the listeners out there i get asked all the time by like my girls lessons who is the best pitch that you ever faced? I'm telling you right now, like I am dead serious. Emily Watson is the top three in my best pitchers I've ever faced. Oh my God. And I, I don't know how many times I faced you, but I have never gotten a hit. It was literally strikeouts. (laughs) John and Emily Watson at Tulsa had my number rain (laughs) cane.
<laughs> thank you so much. That yes, was- <laughs> thank you. Uh, I think you got like a grounder off me. <laughs> no, I do not. No, I like did. I did not touch you. Like I had a hole <laughs> in my bat when I came to Tulsa. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Rose Metal Foundation and Twitter at RoseMetal.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and leave a review. It really helps us by spreading the word. Sign up for our newsletter to get weekly updates from us. Another way you can support us is by making a donation at www.rosemetalfoundation.org forward slash donate. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, so your donations are eligible to be tax deductible. So far, we have shared the stories of 43 current and former athletes, and we have a mentorship program called Championship Mentoring.